Hi, this is Casey with Close to the Bones. And in this podcast, we talk about everything from birth to death and everything in between. Sometimes the hard topics, sometimes just musings that I have in my life. And this should not be substituted for any medical information. All right, so I had a very interesting day today. Um, And I wanted to talk about it before the day kind of got away from me. Just because sometimes ideas come to us in the strangest ways. So for 2021, I do want to record more podcasts. And I've been kind of wondering and worried both at the same time what topic I would like to talk about. And then I um, I will like do another podcast on the lessons that I learned in 2020 because they are vast and large and important. Um, but for right now, um, I came home and it's a fairly busy thing that I came home to from Arkansas, um, over Christmas. And I came back and my practice is fairly busy right now. Um, I've been doing this for two years. Um, like I had a few clients my first year, uh, one client last year until the end of the year when I had five. Um, and then in 2021, like things are much busier and they're almost to where I would like them to be forever. Um, and as I spend my days driving, um, and talking to pregnant and postpartum people and doing all of these things that like I've been dreaming of dreaming of for over a decade, um, a lesson came to me today. So little bit of backstory here. Um, my prenatals don't look like typical prenatals, like what you have with a lot of other providers. Um, the clinical stuff like blood pressure, um, feel, hearing your baby's heart rate, um, urinalysis, if you want that, like all of the actual like clinical things that that's the focus of an appointment, especially if you're going to the hospital, all of that stuff is maybe the last 10 minutes of an appointment with me. The other time, and a lot of my appointments range from one to two hours. Like it is not uncommon for me to be with someone for two hours every single time I see them. It really just depends on their needs and what we need to cover and where our conversation goes to. Like for me, relationship building is the biggest part of me being your midwife. Like I have taken late transfers and honestly, like my one latest transfer is still one of my favorite clients ever. But I do really, really love the relationship building aspect of being someone's midwife from the beginning. Like I may only be seeing them once a month until the third trimester and then we bump things up. But I still feel like I get I have I I build a great relationship with people because we talk about more than just the baby. And the lesson that I got today was really interesting because I saw two pregnant people today and the first was having like a really hard time. And honestly, it's almost like it was reflected in from my third pregnancy. Um, to, to go back just a little bit, my third pregnancy, honestly, might've been my hardest. Um, my first, I've talked about this before. My first was a C-section at 37 weeks turned NICU transfer to, um, an an hour away. Um, and then my second was an amazing free birth after seven miscarriages. 
and after that primary c-section so like her pregnancy was hard in different ways but I think my third pregnancy was hard in ways that I hadn't really considered before I got pregnant with him so we got pregnant first try um with my third baby which was a surprise in and of itself like you have seven miscarriages in a row before you get your second living baby. And you're like, oh, that might just be how my life goes forever. And then when we got pregnant with Link, it was a very, very different experience just because it happened so quickly. Um, it was the first postpartum egg, um, like first try, all of the things. Um, and he stuck, which was a whole other level of strange because my babies don't stick. Like when I started bleeding, at five weeks. Um, I just assumed that that was how things were going to go. Um, and my best friend was pregnant. We got, we got pregnant on the same day, not planned, but kind of hilarious in hindsight. And when she, um, when her baby died and was born at nine, 10 weeks, we were all in shock because it was supposed to be mine. And like thinking that I thought it for years before, I said it out loud. And so did she, like once both of us finally aired that, like we both said it out loud, it was my baby that was supposed to die. Like things got lighter for both of us, but the third, it it was a weird pregnancy even beyond that. Like I first felt him move. And I know a lot of you are going to be like, no, that's not possible. But I first felt him move at nine weeks. Like I felt a baby punch me. And I know that it was because his spirit was trying to tell me that he was there and that it was okay. And I was allowed to feel other things, but in the moment, it just shocked me to my core. I was like, again, I felt a baby kick me. That's going to die because that's what happened with Tyrion. My, um, my fourth loss, like I felt him move hours before he was born. Like it was a big thing. And so I interpreted it in the wrong way with Link that he was saying that he was there so that he could leave. But now in hindsight, I know that he was saying he was there because right after that, he was gone. Like, and, and this is where today's lesson comes in. For myself in my third pregnancy and for this person that I was helping today, like also in her third pregnancy, it was such a heavy feeling of, I don't feel this baby. Like both of us felt our baby fairly early and regularly, but we did not feel our baby beyond the physical sense. We spiritually did not feel that soul in their body. And that's a whole other level of, uh, I guess, witchy. I would call it witchy now. Back in the day, I would call it crunchy. But that's a whole other level of things that a lot of people don't understand. And so to explain a little bit, it's, it's like when a parent knows something could be wrong with their kid before it actually happens. Like that sixth sense that you have when someone is getting into something they're not supposed to be getting into, um, or like other things like that. And in pregnancy, like we all have that, but we don't trust it as well. Um, especially like, and with my first pregnancy, I didn't know what I was supposed to be feeling. And so I think that was a big part of it, but it was also because nobody else trusted that. So why should I trust my intuition? And we aren't taught to trust, to trust our intuition in the world that we live in now. 
Like someone says they have a feeling about something. Everyone's like, oh, but did you, or are you just saying that now? Like we don't trust an inner knowing of things. And so in my third pregnancy, in Link's pregnancy, when I felt his soul leave, it was an emptiness, a hollowness. Like I had felt him previously. Like I'd, I'd had numerous ultrasounds. I knew he was there and I still had ultrasounds after he had left his body. And like, I was like, but he's there. Why do I feel like he isn't here? And I didn't have the words to articulate this until a couple of years ago. Um, he turned six next month. And so had a long time to think about all of this, but honestly, it wasn't until today that I really felt like I knew what this, this woman was talking about, that her baby is not there. And all babies have a story. Like I, in my um, resuscitation podcast, a few podcasts ago, I kind of talk about it a little bit, like how babies have an inner knowing and babies are really smart and all of these things. But I don't think we give enough credence to a baby that is not fully in their body, but wants to be, or just isn't able until that moment. And like one of the bigger things is indie birth has taught me so many things and Marin's wisdom and spirituality always surprises me though. Surprises may be the wrong word, but to me, it's always a surprise because I was like, why didn't I think of that? Like that makes perfect sense because she is so grounded and centered and a fully spiritual person to me that when she says something, it's like, that's what my brain needed to click (laughs) and to understand things that were happening. And so I listened to a podcast that she did. Um, There's, there's quite a few of them, but some of my favorite ones that she's done have been like on her spirit babies and connecting with the pregnancy, connecting with the soul of your pregnancy And I'm not having any more babies unless, like, the universe decrees that that is something that has to happen. I do not plan on getting pregnant ever again. Um, But looking back, using the lessons that I've learned from Marin um, and then bringing them into my practice as well. So today, as we were talking about this spiritual aspect of babies that do not want to be in their body, I remembered link. And this boy is still an enigma to me. Um, he is loud and busy and sweet and amazing. He's so many things all rolled into this one body. And part of me wonders, looking back, like, is that why he regularly left his body when he was inside me? How much awareness are we giving to babies? Because do they have to stay in their body? No one knows. Like we can say, yeah, baby is formed at this time. They have um, their cardiac cells start beating at this time. We can see it on an ultrasound at this time. This is when all these things develop. This is when all this stuff is happening. And yet, how do we explain or understand that sometimes the reason that someone does not feel that their baby is a baby or anything else is because that baby is not there. Um, I remember 
I don't, I, I think it was just an Instagram post that Marin did where she talked about how her baby was always like, would go and play with the stars and she'd wake up in the middle of the night and call him back. And that stuck with me because a lot of the time we talk about labor and we're like, oh, and when you're in labor land, we're like, oh, she's just going to call in her baby. Like, what if that's because babies aren't, some babies have to be called in for their lives to begin. Like they have other work that they may be doing. They have other places that they want to be, even while they're growing in the womb and kicking and doing all these other things that are happening, their awareness isn't here. And so as I was talking to this woman today, we were, we were discussing this and I was like, maybe it's a third pregnancy thing. It's like, it happened in my third pregnancy. It's happening in hers. I see a lot of strange things happen in a third pregnancy. Um, like really powerful, profound lessons seem to happen in first pregnancies and third pregnancies. And I wonder, like a lot of the time, like we talk as midwives, we're like third babies, they're a wild card. But what if it's because there's something else going on with third babies? And I could be completely missing the mark here. This is all just speculation. I just like rambling and sometimes it makes sense in my brain. But it was it was an interesting thought today that that's how our prenatal went like talking to her about these fears that she's having about her baby that is not in their body and what that means for pregnancy and is that okay and are her fears unfounded and the thing that she said to me she was like I don't think I could talk to an OB about this I was like maybe, maybe not. I I don't know all the OBs, you know, but I do know like a lot of them. Like I love Dr. Stu, but I don't think he'd be here for the woo-woo stuff. Um, whereas I love talking about this stuff. Like I, I trained in Reiki. I'm a Reiki master and I'm a yoga teacher and I work with crystals and herbs and like homeopathy is a new thing that I'm really getting into because of the spiritual aspect of it. But I sometimes wonder too, could I go to my, my, my OB appointment, um, and be like, my baby isn't here (laughs) and have them understand what I was referring to. But it was just a really interesting conversation of, is that something that other people have noticed? Is that something that we should be noticing? Um, and then what can we do to help call in our spirit babies? Um, and sometimes we can't do anything. Um, sometimes babies are not meant to, meant to be here. Sometimes they're here for a short time. Sometimes they are meant to be here, but they don't want to be in their bodies yet because they're stubborn or they have other business to, to work with. And how much of that are we actually helping people through in pregnancy? What if a lot of the fears that we have in pregnancy are because of the spiritual aspect that we're ignoring? And Again, this is just speculation on my part. Um, but I do think that, again, it, is, it does come back to intuition and how much are we trusting our own intuition? How much are we trusting our own our own knowing? And how much are we trusting our babies knowing? I, I, I talked about on Minna's podcast, my first free birth um, and how she made that birth happen. Um, I actually realized today in another appointment with an amazing woman, we were talking about VBACs and everything. And I was like, you know, looking back, I wanted more appointments with my doctor. 
So in her pregnancy, I quit care in 11 weeks. And honestly, I would have felt better if I had had more, but she was in charge. It was not me. My baby was in charge of that experience. And she was telling me what needed to happen. And I've gone more in depth with that in that podcast. You can go back and find it. But it's very interesting to me to think that our babies are an active part of this as well. It's like, how, how often do we think, think about that? Our babies are an active part of this process. They are not a passive uh, thing that is growing in our womb without outside influences. Like we talk about stress and how that affects a growing baby. We talk about nutrition and all of these other physical things and how they affect a growing baby. But we don't really consider that the baby is also fully in this experience. Like it's, it's a miracle that a baby grows from an egg and a sperm. Like somehow the universe aligns and a sperm finds an egg and fertilizes the egg. And then the egg's like, oh, I know what to do. And just splits and splits and splits until it gets to a certain point. And then some cells go this way. Some cells go that way. Some become a baby. Some become a placenta. Some become a cord. And then those cells innately know, oh, I'm going to be a heart. Oh, I'm going to be a nervous system. Oh, I'm going to be an eye. Like, it's miraculous that all of these things come together to eventually give us a baby that is born through a vagina, screaming and happy and growing. And then we continue doing that throughout our life. But I don't, at least I haven't considered how much the baby has a choice in all of this. Like if the spirit doesn't want to be born, there is nothing we can do to change that. And I've talked about it before. Babies die and there's nothing we can do about it. And I hate that it happens. I hate that babies die. I hate that people have to go through that pain, regardless of how that is happening. Like a wanted baby can die and there's nothing we can do. And it just sucks. Whereas sometimes miracles happen. Like I hear so many stories from people that had a missed miscarriage or there wasn't a heartbeat on an ultrasound and they went back two weeks later and oh my gosh there was a baby there um like oh look your baby's growing now like we we put it off as oh your dates were wrong oh maybe it was a bad ultrasound maybe all of these things but maybe there's something more than that and I'm not talking religion or anything else like yeah I, I do think that has its place and it depends on what your beliefs are as well but what if there's something else going on here because we don't fully understand the process. We know exactly what happens at what gestation. We know exactly how big a baby is supposed to be. We know all of these things from scans and ultrasounds and testing, but what about the mystery? Because there will always be mystery in this process. We don't understand what makes an egg choose a specific sperm. Like for years, we thought sperm raced to the egg, and now we realize that isn't true. Just like there's research saying that if you've been a long time without semen or sperm in your vagina, sometimes your body will ovulate because it finally has a way to make an embryo. Like, we don't understand why it does that, but it does. 
which is why people get pregnant after years of infertility or after a vasectomy or while they're technically not even fertile with anything else. Like it happens and we don't know how to explain any of that away. But what if it's something to do with the baby choosing to be here? Because if I've learned anything from 2020, it's that the babies being born now, the ones being born in the middle of this pandemic, the ones being born this coming year, they are powerful, powerful little beings. Like they want to be here. They know exactly what they're getting into and they are willing to do that, even though it's going to be hard, even though their parents may not want this to happen, even though so many other reasons, but these babies want to be here. They are fighting so hard to be here in this time. And I feel like there has to be a reason for that. And maybe that's just me like wanting to find a reason for that. I hate the phrase, everything happens for a reason, but I do like finding the reason in hindsight but I think we all have that little bit in our brain as well. But I just, I think that in this last year of unknown, in this last year of isolation, in this last year of trauma, there has to be a reason. No, not necessarily has to be a reason, but there, there has to be something bringing these little powerhouse babies to earth. And maybe it's because everything is shifting and more people are having their babies at home or realizing that the hospital is not the place they want to go or realizing that the hospital is not the safest choice for them to go because that's where a lot of people are dying right now. Maybe they're realizing all of that and these babies are here because they are meant to be born at home or to give us other lessons. Like The story of Rumi Soul, Marin's latest baby, is still one of my favorite birth stories just because the openness was like that Marin shared, um, but also just the lessons that she gleaned from his hospital transfer birth. He's a 10th baby. We don't ever think, oh, that 10th baby is going to be a hospital transfer. No, we we think this is a 10th baby. Everything's going to go fine. And he taught her a different lesson. And I think we all need to be open to those lessons. And maybe that's the real thing that I learned today. Every baby is different. I I don't know how my pregnancy would have gone if my second baby hadn't decided how she wanted to be born. She was adamant. And honestly, she is still a force of nature. She's eight and she still knows exactly what she wants. And that was a big part of that. And I wonder if we listen to these babies a little more, then we'd have less disempowerment. Like, babies are so smart. Babies, I I was working with someone yesterday, and I was checking her baby for a tongue and lip tie, and I was sticking my fingers in her mouth, and I, I talk to the babies before I do anything to them. So I ask them if it's okay for me to do things like that, if... Um, it's okay if I feel certain spots on their body or especially if I'm sticking my hands in their mouth. I'm like, is it okay if I do this? Like, can you show me it's okay? And I talked to them through it. And I was talking to her about this and like her entire jaw relaxed and I'm just watching her and I'm like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Um, she lifted her tongue for me. 
she like did all of the things so that it was easier for me to do what her mom needed me to do. And I think it's easier when a baby is outside of our body because they are a separate being. But I do just sometimes just wonder how would things be different if we gave them that same grace and latitude inside the uterus as well. Like, and that, that's the thing too. Like when I'm palpating someone's belly, when I'm feeling someone's baby, I will regularly talk to their baby. Um, and they'll kick me back and all of these other things. Like, I feel like they know me and I, I have a sense of who they are before they're born. And this is just making me want even more to make sure I really embody that in my practice. Like I'm already fairly big on intuition. How a, how a pregnant and birthing person is feeling is bigger to me than what labs are saying. Like labs are a big part of stuff and all the clinical signs and all of the other stuff is a big part of this. But if a pregnant person is feeling completely fine, I'm going to defer to that rather than what all of the science is saying. So like, I'm, I'm kind of already there, but along the same line, like if I gave the baby the same level of trust that I give to the pregnant person, how would things change? How would the world change if we gave these babies the same grace and support and wisdom that a lot of us are trying to give pregnant and birthing people. How would things change? And honestly, I think that's kind of how I want to end this. Just thinking and wondering. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm going to be thinking about this a lot more um, just because it's a very intriguing idea to me. But um, yeah. Um, Next podcast, I will be talking a little bit more about the lessons that I learned in 2020. I would love, love, love um, to talk to some of the people that changed my life in 2020 and possibly have them on this podcast. But I do want to talk about the things I learned, especially in the month of December. Honestly, the month of December was such a huge growth experience for me. And I will be talking about that next time Um, and going over the births of the year and what they taught me. There wasn't very many, but honestly, it was better that way for me. So um, just keep an eye out. And then if any of you you guys want to be on the podcast, let me know. I'd love to interview for some birth stories, especially if you're a past client of mine. I would love to talk to you about your births Um, or pregnancies or any other weird things that happened in uh, your lives. But um, for now, I just want to leave you that little message though. How do you think things would change if we listen to babies like we should be listening to pregnant and birthing people? How would it change? <laughs>